Before we get to our Wednesday staple of the Locked On Hornets mailbag edition, let me tell you guys about CBDMD. And trust me, I understand getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done. But do not worry because our good friends at CBDMD have done exactly what you need to help you get more sleep and unwind harder than all-stars have said. Again, all-star voters slept on a guy like LaMelo Ball. Sleep PM bath salts fuse superior CBD and melatonin with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience. Do not sleep on this. This has been really, really awesome for me. And to make it even easier to relax or regroup or recharge, they're offering all of our listeners, including you, yes, you, 25% off your next order when you use the promo NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of CBD products from CBDMD. Let's get to the mailbag, y'all. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, and this episode is brought to you by Locker Room, the place where you can interact with hosts, athletes, and others in real time. You can have live audio-only sports talk platform at your service, free to download and to use, and you can talk to me. I don't know if that's something that interests you, but you can talk to me. For some reason, they felt like that was a good selling point. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Locker Room is a free, audio-only social media platform for sports fans. You can start or join ongoing conversations. You can watch games together. You can react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And you can finally, live in person, get Inada's mentions. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the league or the group. You can follow me at Walker Mail, Nada at Nada the Scribe to be notified when our room could go live or just other hosts across the Locked On Podcast Network when they go live. We'll be going live on Locker Room on a couple of days. Um, um, we'll, we'll give you notice on those days that we will be going live. Again, you can follow us on Twitter as well. So we want you to come in with your spiciest takes. What about the Locker Room app, Nada? Are you ready for people to get in your personable mentions live? In your face. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Come with the spiciest takes? No, we're not, no. Come and be a human being. Do not bring your spiciest takes. You will get thrown out of my room. I can guarantee you that. No, we're not doing that. Is there an Uncle Phil button? probably is. There probably is. Where you can throw them out like Jazzy Jeff? Is that what you want to do? That's exactly what we're going to end up doing. I can already see it happen now. That's what you're going to end up doing. I'm going to be accommodating. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. It's Wednesday. That means that we have a mailbag episode to give you. You guys have been so kind as to give us your questions. We put some in the vault. We're going to try to get to those that maybe we wanted to get to and eventually just didn't have enough time. And we're going to get to some that you sent in the past week, the past 24 hours, and uh, give you uh, some of the answers on topics that are alive and well right now and a little bit more recent. And Otto, we're going to lead off with the Project C. Always appreciate the questions. A frequent contributor to the mailbag episode. And this might be the only question we get to for the first yeah, segment, Nada. I, I saw, again, you, you warned me about this, and yeah. I did. I did. Here's the question from the Project C on Twitter. 
Y'all know the questions are coming. We do, and we always appreciate it. This year's first for Miles Turner, dot, dot, dot. Project C, are you just getting lazy yeah, now? Yes, yes. <laughs> are, you just, are, you just, are you giving us the dot, dot, dot treatment and not even completing the question? What is great about this is even with your laziness, you have now provided an open-ended segment for us to give us just a launching pad for content. <laughs> so in a weird way, we thank you for your laziness. The Project C, um, not a... Miles Turner has been a guy over, man, really the last like year and a half, two years when the Pacers and Nate McMillan at the time were looking to go with two bigs, something different than what you're used to seeing in the modern day NBA, Sabonis and Miles Turner playing significant minute and uh, significant minutes amongst one or with each other. And so now we've always been interested if they were willing to get rid of one of those big guys and miles Turner's name has come up more often, way more often than Sabonis after he agreed to that deal. And Sabonis has been an all-star miles Turner. While in my opinion, very good. He provides a ton on the defensive end and he can even shoot threes. Sabonis is just a better player. There's no doubt, but I still love miles Turner. And so the Indy star have talked about how certain teams have inquired about miles Turner including the Charlotte Hornets. Here what the Indy Star has to say. With the trade deadline nine days away, Miles Turner's name will inevitably come up when it comes to teams who have interest in him. There are more than a few. The New York Knicks, the LA Lakers, the Clippers, the Charlotte Hornets, and the New Orleans Pelicans are among those who have explored whether the Pacers are willing to part with the league's leading shot blocker, league sources tell Indy Star. And that's to be expected. The Pacers were open to trading him before the 2020-21 season began when they put Miles Turner in a deal to get Gordon Hayward from the Boston Celtics with a sign-and-trade. It stalled. Hayward ended up with the Hornets instead. Indy Star has reported for the better part of a year of the Hornets' affinity for Turner. When the Pacers chose Turner 11th in the 2015 draft, the Hornets then took Frank Kaminsky two spots ahead of him. And so that would be a chance for them to make amends for the bad selection that they made that night, encompassing what is the circle of the Pacers, the Celtics, who made the quote unquote godfather offer, as it's been kind of reported, and uh, and the Pacers, the Hornets, the Celtics, that yes. triangle. So Nada, Miles Turner. What would you be willing to give up, if anything, to go get Miles Turner to be a part of your Charlotte Hornets basketball team? I feel team? like when people ask me about these trade scenarios and this, that, and the third, I feel like no one's listened to me and what I've said about trade scenarios, this, that, and the third. No one's listened. I've said. So did it? did it, did it take you three minutes into the show to press the uncle Phil button on yes, the first question it took me three minutes. You know why it took me three minutes? Because no one is listening. I am not doing a trade this season. They, it had, it would have to be one of those where you are getting a guy on the cheap. Now, granted miles Turner for this, that for something really light, like let's say Cody Zeller in a first I would consider I would at least consider it. I would I would say that that's an absolute no. I would absolutely consider it. But again, having just had this discussion yesterday with you Walker, just yesterday, the Horn and I just want to go through the schedule. So let's say the trade deadline is March 25th. This is the schedule that the Hornets are going through between now and let's just say in the next 2 weeks. That next day after the trade deadline, where you probably be be without at least a Cody Zeller or, or whatever other pieces, 
you're going to play the Heat. After that, two days later, you are playing the, the Phoenix Suns. After that, two days later, for, again, four days later. So in four days, you are going to have to play three games. We're talking about the Hornets playing the Wizards. Next night, you are playing the Nets on a Thursday night game, on a primetime game. The day after that, you are going to play the, the Pacers. Then two days later, you are going on a national TV, another national TV game against Kemba and the Celtics. At some point, we have to start considering the schedule. And this is something that I want people to hear me on. The schedule has to matter when you're talking about taking away from this team and the injury issues that you have. This is a very, very, very compact schedule. You cannot do trades that don't that eat away at the depth, considering that we've already seen one, Devontae get hurt, two, Terry get hurt, and then it get other random injuries. You have to be able to factor that in. Why are you going to sap your depth right now when you cannot, when you're not sure which guys are going to show up? Yes, they're healthy now, but that's not necessarily a guarantee one or two weeks, and more importantly, and this is something that I'm going to continue to say for the rest of the season, this season is gravy. Enjoy the season. Enjoy what you have for right now because the expectations don't have to show up until next year. Why everybody wants to have these expectations of, oh, we're going to win around this year. You're not, and I guess this is, my, this is the last thing I'll say on it. Miles Turner is not getting you to the second round. Miles Turner is not getting you to the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's start talking about, let's figure out what this team has this season. Whether they need to go and get another big, whether they need to go address big in another way, whether they need to go address better wing defenders. Let's go figure out what exactly they have in a stress test possible playoff situation before we start going to chase rings. That is the last thing I'm going to say. Okay. At some point, you're just turning down good players, Very though. True. And Miles Turner is Very a good true. player. And he also serves a huge role for a team in dire need of that specific role, which is rim protection and a good defensive big, where it's a guy that actually, yes, predominantly known for his defense, but also does provide some offense for you. He's 24 years old, Nada. And he's not even 25 yet right now. And he's making $18 million this year. And he's making $18, $18 million the next two years after that. So if you were to trade for him by the NBA trade deadline, you would have two more years of control of his contract after this year is done. And you don't have to have him be the second star on a team that's actually trying to get to the second round of the NBA playoffs. Miles Turner doesn't have to be that guy because okay. he's not, but he doesn't have to be that guy on $18 million a year for the next two seasons. You're also accounting for LaMelo Ball to continue to improve. When you paid Gordon Hayward that money, you certainly weren't looking for him to fall off of a cliff by the second year of that contract. And I don't know what you would give up, but here's what I'd be willing to give up. I'd be willing to give up Okay. Devonte Graham, I'd be willing to give up a first round pick with some type of protection and we could talk about the rest. I'm not sure exactly what else would entail, but those two being the big pieces that you would give up at that point, I would do it. And, and, and here's the thing. 
I completely understand your point about going about being five game losing streak away from getting a high lottery pick. But at some point, Nada, we have to accept some of the big players, some of the young, good players that you have a chance to go get. And you're not going to keep all of these guys on the roster at this point. Anyway, at some point you have to cash in on a Devonte Graham, even if you give up somewhat of a first round pick for that, you don't give up multiple first for a miles Turner, but you give up some type of protected first and a Devonte. And I don't know what you would have coming back or going, you know, the other details that you want to put on that, but they should absolutely be inquiring about a guy that's young, about a guy that's on a very affordable contract and a guy that's already established himself as uh, one of the better defenders in the league. I mean, my God, Nada, this is a team that would finally be able to <laughs> put some more people on the perimeter because they have some protection on the back end. And you know what? Miles can move uh, on the perimeter. I, I, he just, he's a good, he's a really good modern big in the NBA that I would love like, to have I, on this I team. I get where everyone wants to come to build. Again, Miles Turner is the ideal build. Like he's more to me, he's the more attractive option rather than a John John Collins. I also recognize that because there are so many more years of cap control on a Miles Turner, it's also going to be a lot more like uh, just a lot more expensive. So if we're going to do this, like just realize that this loaded draft that is very, very loaded uh, where you can probably get yourself a guy that can not only defend but can also score which is a which is a point in like that the hornets absolutely need they need guys that can go both ways on the floor offense and defense they need one of those guys they don't have one right now they need more of those guys in order to build around lamelo and i'm not necessarily so sure that bailing on this draft is a smart idea in terms of building a team especially when you're in a small market yeah, the only thing is, Nada, you you could be right about a losing streak bringing them back to somewhat striking distance of a, of a decent lottery pick or even just a lottery pick within itself. But also, what if you don't? <laughs> and then you are left with the 18th, 17th, 16th pick in the NBA draft, 15th pick, wherever, like somewhere out of the lottery, and you had a chance to possibly get Miles Turner with trading that first round pick, and you didn't do it. And so now you're having to make sure that you hit later in the NBA draft than Mitch Kupchak has ever selected, at least with the Hornets. And it's well documented. We both Mitch trust miss, Mitch Kupchak to make. Miss. But what? Yeah. Well, he hasn't. He hasn't yet, right? Like, but the odds would tell you that at some point he's going to, because every GM hit or misses. Sam Presti misses. So. Mitch Kupchak at some point would, do you just cash in because you can get an established young player that's quality controlled contract control for the next couple of years. Who's 24, which still baffles me by the way, but he's 24 years old. <laughs> I, I think it makes a lot of sense to me. Not, and let, we got to go to break and we can talk about it on the other end. Um, if you want to, but we can, we can still do that because I do, uh, think it's a good conversation to have another reason. Now we need to go to break because we need to talk to you about another sponsor for this episode. It's brought to you by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And... 
By the way, it ships right to your door. It's in a discreet package. Privacy is their top priority. The process is simple. You can sign up at BlueChew.com. You can consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. And if you don't like swallowing those pills, there's no problem there. They're just chewable. BlueChew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets. They're all chewable. So Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct. It's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from the extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners, by the way. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout and you can just pay $5 in shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to receive your first month for free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. We have more questions coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. And I was cutting a rug in that place, not a Funk Master Flex. Shout out so, to him. Again, Walker, how old are you again? Uh, I am 28 years old. <laughs> I didn't know a person under 35 used cutting a rug anymore. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We are covering everything you need to know about the Hornets, but what about the rest of the world in sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every single morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. Um, Maybe rapid fire here, Nada. We went long on the first segment. Uh, Alan Strickland writes in, with the Hornets likely playing themselves out of the lottery, how do they take the next step? After this to build a contender feels like at least one more star is needed. And so now this goes a little bit into the point that you were talking about by not going after Miles Turner. Alan Strickland writes in and we appreciate the question. He is actually asking after this season, what do you start doing? And so Nada, I guess this question kind of serves it up to you after making that point in the last one we answered. Like uh, Honestly, the big thing for me is that's uh, and I hate to answer this question, but I'm not thinking about that right now. How do I take the next step? I think by taking a look at what everything is this year, evaluating the guys that I know I'm keeping, evaluate the guys that I know I can get rid of and get additional pieces. The playoffs or the play-in is a stress test for this team, for me, at least for me, at least. That way... You can figure out, okay, who can I build around? Who can't I build around? What can I move off of for other things? The big thing that I think we keep forgetting about when we talk about building a team and when we talk about Devontae Graham and Malik Monk's impending free agency, both of those guys are restricted free agents. So the Hornets have basically the right of first refusal on any deal that they go make. And that's why you may see a Malik, uh, uh, the Charlotte Hornets go tell anybody to Malik uh, uh, to Malik's representation. Yo, go find your deal. We'll probably match it. Or and they may say, Hey, we're gonna hold up, gum up the works on any Devonte Grand deal. So you might be better off just doing a sign and trade, and we us getting like an asset or two off of this. So when we start talking about how to build this team going forward, starting next year. I think it really just matters on how they do right now in these playoffs because I don't think anyone has an answer on what they're going to do until they see these guys stress tested and real like with real live bullets. 
Yeah, I, I think you're going to have to start making these decisions, you know, very soon after. You're, you're already in the process of deciding what the hell you're going to do with the backcourt. And it's going to be Malik Monk or Devontae Graham because I don't think you're trading Terry Rozier. I know that there are the rumors that the Clippers are interested, and they very well might be. I don't think that's going to lead to the Hornets trading Terry Rozier. So Devontae Graham and Malik Monk, that's going to be the big question as we go down the line. How is Devontae and Malik, how are they going to play as the season goes on? And is Devontae going to be worth more of what kind of money he would call for? Or is Malik going to be worth that? And what kind of roles do they serve? We've discussed this quite a bit. I think Devontae and LaMelo play just fine together. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think they play well together on the court. I think they are a good fit. But with what LaMelo brings and with what other players can bring that Devontae can't, Devontae Graham is the more expendable player to me because LaMelo Ball is a good decision maker for the most part. And the guy's 19, (laughs) so he's only going to continue to get um, he's only going to continue to grow and get older. Devontae Graham already came into the league as an older player. Also, he's never improved inside the three-point arc, and Malik Monk has been just flat-out awesome shooting inside and going to the rim and providing something that LaMelo doesn't quite have at his game yet, and Devontae, I don't think ever will. It's never shown up so far. Maybe it will, but not to the level of Malik. I just think Devontae is the more expendable player, and I think that's the next move. How do you cash in on Devontae? Because not it is going to start to make some sense to at least at the trade deadline figure out if there's something that you can get for him. And so we're going to be doing that within the next week. I, I understand your point on this quite a bit where every once in a while the moments matter. And we had this conversation with Kimba Walker. Do you just take Kimba Walker's last year of service here with Charlotte and get nothing for him? And how much value do you find in that? Or would you have rather have washed away all of those memories and traded Kimba Walker to get something in return? But Devontae and Kimba. And and I think that's something the Hornets really have to consider about what you're doing with a Devontae Graham. And if you decide to keep him, then fine. Maybe it's Malik Monk. I don't know. I just The backcourt situation is the thing you got to figure out going forward. And even at the end of the season, I think... Devontae Graham is probably off of the team, and then you look how to build from there. I don't disagree with you about you have to get something for for Devontae Graham because I think we both all I think we all see that Devontae is the odd man out. My question is why are we having to do this at the trade deadline? Because we've seen this team and Mitch specifically go and maneuver these offseason sign and trades. I mean, yeah, the sign and trade is interesting. I'd be fine with the sign and trade. It's just it's a good point because we have seen those a little bit more plentiful as the the last couple of years. I still don't know if it's something that you hit your wagon to. I don't know if it's that. I know. I'm not sure. I'm not saying you hit your wagon to it. But what I'm also saying is we don't have again. The Hornets do not have to make that decision right now. And I think saying that you have to make this decision is an absolute false choice. I don't think it's fair to either Devontae. I don't think it's fair to the front office. And this is why I keep saying, let's see where the chips fall when the season is over. Because the other thing that I, and I don't think I mentioned this yesterday, but I don't think that there are going to be teams that are going to be willing to be making deals unless it's even money for money. Because, hey, everybody's losing money this year on this team. I think on their teams. What I do think is going to happen is that everyone is going to hold off on this trade deadline 
and then wait until the stadium money where when more people are vaccinated, most importantly, more seats can be opened in these arenas to where these teams can break even on these on this arena money. And then, hey, it's a little bit easier. Again, we know what we're going to have. It's a lot easier to make deals when you and take on bad money when you know you're getting additional full full checks. I think so. That's the other thing is I don't think the money situation is necessarily going to like is going to be there for people to take on small deals and get exactly what you need for guys like Devontae Graham that are making little little under two million dollars a season. What what is going to be interesting is the, the Hornets. The, there are a couple of different ways that you could go, and we'll take a break in a second. But and if if you don't want to decide now about trading Devontae, I mean, you you certainly have to start thinking about that as the season goes on. But also with Terry having one year left on his deal after this, you're going to have to start thinking about that. And then it's the I, I always kind of equate this to what we discuss in the NFL draft when a team drafts a position to get ready for a guy leaving on a contract, they just don't want to pay him. Right. So for instance, at the Carolina Panthers drafting Vernon Butler, when they had K one short and they had star Latula, you know, they're, they're getting ready. It, it's, it's bad because in hindsight, Vernon Butler wasn't very good, but the idea was fine to me. You thought he was the best player. You're getting ready for one of the defensive tackles leaving then cool. Do you keep Devonte and Malik somehow and get ready for a trade of Terry and get something from him? Because we agree that you can't keep four. We agree no. that you're not keeping all four Absolutely of these guys not. on the team. That's, that's, that's way so, right. And so do you keep Devonte and Malik? You go into next season with all the guys on the roster and then Terry Rozier finds himself getting traded to a contender. Maybe you do right by him. Maybe he continues to play well and say, look, we love what you've done. This is just where we're heading, but we want to trade you to a contender. And if he plays like this, you know, the Clippers are a contender and they're rumored to want him. And so is that something that you do? There are interesting ways to go about this. Um, the backcourt situation, the decisions to be made there will be fascinating as we go on. All right. Now that we got another built bar matchup to talk about it was actually so peanut butter brownie and coconut almond they have actually played within the last week who do you think won the matchup between peanut butter brownie and coconut almond? i would go peanut butter brownie i would have thought that too what? but the upset happened it's coconut almond and here's what i'm interested in the uh, built bar madness nada are the blue rappers just going to continue to move on because what you have is a lot of coconut mm -hmm. that's going to reach the final four you got coconut almond in the top left you got coconut puff in the top right you got coconut brownie chunk in the bottom right and what do you have in the bottom left you got coconut all of them are still alive. It's going to be a lot of blue bloods in Built Bar Madness, if you ask me. The matchup of today, we're going to go with salted caramel and, and uh, cookie dough chunk. Salted caramel actually beat German chocolate to move on. So again, salted caramel, cookie dough chunk. Which uh, bar are you going with to move on to the next? Salted round? caramel. We we need to we need to we need to the diversify the uh, flavor portfolio just a little bit. <laughs> especially with white chocolate birthday cake mm -hmm. taking out mocha love mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that's unfortunate we do need to diversify it can cookie dough chunk do that as well though or does it have to be salted caramel i think it's got to be salted caramel salted caramel is a di All right. vastly different flavor profile 
All right. There you go. We're going to go with salted caramel. I agree with you, Nada. I think that is going to be the built bar that moves on. It's a great tasting bar. They have low calories, low sugar, high protein as well. They're great for people that are doing the keto diet. And you can go to Locked15 or you know, use the promo code Locked15 when you go to builtbar.com to purchase some built bars again. Locked15. We got. More questions to get to some fun ones. The last segment of the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. I do not like the MB2 nickname. That Lame- oh, it's bad. Lamelo, come yeah. on, man. I mean, look, I-, I love everything else about you, but the MB times two. How in the world do you not like Airbnb, but you like MB times two? I yeah. that's that's bad. We can't allow him to create, and that's the that's the, the reason the rule exists. You can't give yourself your nickname. You can't do no, that. Exactly. So, this is as I'm, bad as Kevin Durant wanted to call himself the Serpent. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but not the NBA. College basketball, it's going to gear up tomorrow with the first four games of the NCAA tournament, and the NHL is in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. And also, we're covering everything you need to know about the Hornets. But what about the rest of the world in sports? I'm just going to move on because I've already done that read, Nada. We are... We are up to our necks getting filthy rich. I mean, yes, we are. we've got, we are. We are, that's, that's what's going on. And I'm drowning in all of the reads that we have. Instead of telling you about locked on today, once again, I'm actually going to be telling you about locked on NBA. Goodness gracious. It's small market meets big market Wednesdays on the locked on NBA podcast. You can join Jake Madison of the locked on Pelicans podcast and John Corrales of locked on Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Follow the locked on NBA podcast today wherever you get your pods. So we didn't necessarily get this question for a mailbag episode. It was actually Charlotte Sports Despair, our buddy, asking us about, um, or he asked me if I've ever dunked on someone. And I didn't reply to him on Twitter. I forgot to until today. I saw it again. And I was like, well, I'll just address it on the podcast. So we had the conversation yesterday. Have you ever been dunked on? Nick Denning, he talked about how he got dunked on. I mean, he talked about how he got dunked on. And then the person that dunked on him has that picture at his beach house. Uh, that is flossing like no other. See, see, here's the thing. If I was Nick, I would not have told that story in public. I would have just let that story die. Do you, you know what? Do you take that picture? Well, if, if you're ever at the beach house, do you steal that? Or I don't know if has he ever been to the beach house? That's something that he's got to address. Like, look, if it, here's the thing, Walker, if you had a picture of you dunking on me at at your beach house, <laughs> like you again, like I would be fighting you. Yeah, I know. Be fighting I know. on a daily basis. <laughs> like, like, no, like, again, you got to get your respect back because clearly that man does not respect you nearly enough. Nada, how much worse is it that it's not at his everyday home? It's at his beach house. It, it's at oh, his vacation. It's that much worse. It's at it's his vacation worse. home. Uh, yeah, there, there are different points to be made there. It, it could be at your at your everyday house where you see it and every single every single day or every time you go on vacation and it's just that it's, it's got like that 
that extra stank on it if it's at a beach house. But shouts to Nick Denning for responding with the time that he uh, got dunked on. Um, again, Charlotte Sports Despair asking me if uh, I've ever dunked on someone. I am sad to report that I've never really dunked on anybody. Now, the closest I ever got, not it was the only, it was the only alley-oop I ever caught in a game. And so we were playing on the blacktops and somebody threw me an alley and it was a perfect throw. I went up to grab it and there was not much room between my wrist and the allotted space needed to dunk a basketball, but it was such a perfect pass. No, I got it. No, I I nailed it. it, There's nothing embarrassing. It was awesome. It's the only alley-oop I ever caught in a game, and so I wear that proudly. But there was somebody that was kind of close under the rim, but even me, I I have to brush that off and say no. There wasn't wasn't any dunking on because there there has to be contact in in a yeah, in a poster scenario and if you can't jump that high then any contact throws you off right i mean if if you yeah. get if you get touched even the slightest on uh, on the allotted the, on, on the space on the height that you need for an alley oop then you're just done for like you could you could easily have just you could have easily whatever breathed on me and it would have been too much contact for me to uh, complete that alley-oop. So no, I never dunked on somebody. I caught one alley in a game and that's the closest I ever, uh, ever came. Now, have you ever dunked? Were you able to ever, uh, ever able able to to, again, a couple like literally um, when my knees were actually semi decent. Yeah. I used to dunk all the time. Um, The problem is though, I've never really dunked on somebody. Yeah. I would, I I also, I'm not that person to dunk on somebody, unfortunately. Like, I am the person that, okay, I'm going to dunk on it. On, I'm a snowbird one time and I may, I may dunk (laughs) and get, get an easy one. But like, I'm not that person that's going to try and dunk on you mainly because most of the times I played, it was on concrete. And so if I try to dunk on you and I miss, mm-hmm. I'm not scratching up my elbows, bro. Yeah. I, I, ain't, I ain't out here trying to break no knees or anything, like break no kneecaps or anything else like that. Like if it was actual like indoor gym runs, maybe I would try it. But even then, like I'm not the type that I, I think about the risk management of me being broke and having no insurance. I did try so. one time and it was a, and, and I completed the dunk, but the guy just let me go. It was a half court set. I dunked on the side and it was me just driving from the free throw line. And those were in my springiest of days, which still granted aren't that springy. And for the most part, uh, for, by the way, for everybody listening who thinks I'm, I'm trying to flex hardcore, I'm six, six, I should be able to dunk. It's just how it is. So that's <laughs> especially yeah. when I was younger, that's how it should have been. And I tried one time and it did not work out. Um, so I've never been dunked on, but I also never dunked on anybody. We've got a couple of other questions I want to get to before we end today. We'll go rapid fire. The grind Hawk. It's a great Twitter handle. He asked us, go ahead. No, it's a great, it is a great, I love, I'm, I was looking forward to this question. <laughs> All right. The grind Hawk. He asked us a question. What is the best classic cartoon network show? Personally, I'm taking grim adventures of Billy and Mandy. Not a, what uh, is your favorite classic cartoon network show? See, here's the thing. Uh, under normal circumstances, I would tell them I would go teen Titans go, but that's not the classics. So I'm going to go with the Powerpuff girls. Oh, it's so hey. good. It's so good. You can still watch it. It's like Mojo it's Jojo is the man. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's either that or Dexter's Laboratory. One of those two, like, I can't do B- Billy and Mandy. Billy and Mandy was too off the wall for me, and I think I was a little too old for it. 
But I would absolutely say it's probably Powerpuff Girls. Powerpuff Girls would be my answer as well. I was never a Cartoon Network guy. I would watch it. I liked Cartoon Network to, to some degree, but um, Powerpuff Girls is a good answer. I've got two other ones for you that I, I wanted to see. You know, Johnny Bravo, that's not necessarily 21st century safe anymore. Certainly not in no. 2021. We're not liking Johnny Bravo. Yeah, John, Johnny Bro Bravo is street harassment 101. It is. Like, like, um, seriously. Um, maybe a more degenerate Walker would like that show back in the day, but the, <laughs> but the two that I, I really enjoyed, how about courage? The cowardly dog. I Yo. wanted to self punish myself for some reason. Every single time that show was on, I would watch it return to slab. Do you remember what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It still gives me chills. Return yeah. the slab. Oh, my God. I'm sorry for scaring everybody. If you've got kids listening to this podcast, I'm sorry we, that we I just. apologize. I'm sorry for scaring everyone. And how about cow and chicken? Those were the two. Courage the Cowardly Dog and Cow and Chicken were my cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Samurai, shout out to Samurai Jack as well. Samurai Jack was good. It was the first real narrative, like, in that style, in that old school cartoon network animation style. Samurai Jack was also really, really good. All right, Johnny Tight Lips on Twitter. He asked us, who are your and Walker Mail's favorite non-Hornet sports teams, college or professional? Nada, do you have any allegiances to anybody else anymore? No, uh, the Yank, again, the, I hate to, I really don't like this question anymore because I'm real, I really don't do fandom like that anymore. Um, the Yankees are the only one, New York Yankees are the only ones I really have like emotional ties to. And that's basically, basically because my first sports memory, like, is the Yankees like going to Yankee Stadium, going to Bat Day? Which again, you can come up with your own jokes of haha. Not his first sports memory is of getting a baseball bat when he was nine years old. Go ahead. Why is anybody it. laughing at that? What's funny about it? I know. Again, basically, not a being angry and having a baseball bat at nine makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Did you use it to hurt people? Is that what you no, were doing? No, no, no. Actually, I still have that bat somewhere. Signed by Paul O'Neill too. Now, oh yeah, that's an awesome story. I don't know why exactly. anybody is making fun of you for that. I think that's cool. Yeah, you got. And people know about my documented love for the Pacers. It, my dad and my dad's side of the family, they all grew up Pacers fans, and even my mom would would go to Pacers games back when they were in the ABA, and she would see Darnell Hillman and those guys, George McGinnis. So the history runs deep. The first ever, the first ever. NBA game I went to was man I think it was like it was in the 90s and it was a playoff game between Reggie Miller and the Knicks and they would do a 30 for 30 documentary on that later on and so that's the yes. first playoff game I ever went to I had uh like a I think it was even maybe before Space Jam came out I had this Bugs Bunny stuffed animal that I brought to Patrick Ewing and John Starks going up <laughs> against Reggie Miller and the, and the Pacers. And so I've got love for them. Grew up watching them in the finals against uh, the Lakers and loved Jalen Rose. That was my favorite player of all time. So I've got some love for them. Um, and when it comes to college, I grew up a huge Tar Heel fan. I still pull for the Tar Heels, but the fandom it wanes and i i you know I, yeah one it, thing people don't seem to understand is when yeah. you have to cover this day in day out fandom really like you it it basically clouds your coverage sometimes i hate it too like i hate admitting that but it's just it's the game man like your yeah. fandom my, my love for the tar heels it, it waned big time. You know, I used to be a big fan and, and same thing with going to Charlotte and becoming <clears throat> a fan of the 49ers and representing your alumni. 
So I, I would say the team that I actively pull for the most, it's by far the Charlotte Hornets nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Like you root, but and the other thing is, you end up rooting for storylines. You end up rooting for the best content, which is why, I, again, the funny thing is, I love the Hornets. I love what they represent, but I'm often rooting for the best thing that we can tell the story on this podcast for a mm-hmm. lot of the time. Return to slab. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Charlotte Hornets, they start a five-game West Coast road trip tonight. They played the Denver Nuggets, 9 p.m. tip time. We'll be back tomorrow to recap that game against the Nuggets.